know, I always admire people that like take a different path than like the usual conventional path. And I remember later, I feel like in college when I heard about like the program that you had chosen and I was just like, oh my gosh, I was like, so hard. That's lit. That's so cool. Uh, but like before we even like dive into like what you're doing, you know, as, a, as an adult now in, in the world, uh, I guess I wanted to just like know more about your journey and like growing up on the island and like like just like more about who Sahar is mm, okay cool yeah I love when it's an open-ended introduction because I never know what I'm gonna say next <laughs> yeah so my name is Sahar um for those of you who don't know me which I'm sure is all of you or many of you um I was born and raised on the island um and my mom is actually from Iran um, and my dad is from Aruba and Curacao. Um, so I grew up with very, a very, I would say, like, diverse um, cultural context. So um, even though my mom is from Iran, a lot of her family left Iran um, just, like, before the revolution over there to go live in various countries. So she, my mom actually spent a lot of her time um, in high school in West Africa. And so she lived in Togo, Ivory Coast. Wow. And uh, she's going, she go, she, if I don't remember this, she going to let me know. Togo, Ivory Coast, and Burkina Faso. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and a lot of her siblings went to places like um, Germany, the Philippines, Japan, like just, just having that. I, know, I haven't been to wow. all of those places, but just like having that cultural context and that kind of like global um, framework of like what family means um, was really important, I think, to my story. Um, and yeah, my dad is from the Dutch Caribbean, has lived in almost all of the Dutch Caribbean islands, Aruba, Curacao, Stacia, um, Samaritan, not yet Seba, <laughs> even though Seba is beautiful. Um, and my ancestors yeah. are all from um, within the region on that side. And so it's been, yeah, it's, it, was, it was interesting to grow up, I think, with that, like just as a, a starting point. Um, went to Sister Mahda, bap, bap, for those of you who might be <laughs> from Sister Mahda. And so um, that was interesting because I didn't, yeah, my, my mom doesn't speak Dutch. My dad speaks Dutch, but yeah, it's just, it's just learning a whole new kind of like framework of education um, and language and learning and all these things. And then I went to St. Dominic, also very proud St. Dominic High alum. <laughs> um, and then for me, what happened next was, was a little different. So I think... Um, I knew that what I wanted to do would require me to be in a, in a, a different environment, a, a, an environment where I'd be surrounded by people from around the world. Um, and I knew that my heart wanted to make a difference. I just didn't know how. Um, and I didn't know what that would look like for me without some kind of, you know, guidance. And so I chose to not go straight to college after high school. So I finished in Dominic when I was 16 and I was like, what do I do next? You know, and I think that was a turning point for me because I was like, I could either go to like um, some the show college in in Holland, and so I I applied to like one in Groningen. I I don't remember what I applied for. I was just like ah, I guess I have to choose something, you know. Like you're 16 and or 17, 18, you're like I have yeah. to make a choice about the rest of my life. Um, and so I like probably chose something like international something or other, and then um, but I also applied to what's called United World College, which is basically um, a two year a scholarship-based program where you live in one of 18 countries um, for two years with people from all around the world 
who are also around the ages of like 16 to 18. And so, yeah, scholarship based boarding school, I, I should say. Um, but it's all about like bringing about peace and a sustainable future and, and all that good stuff. And so it, it sounded really attractive to me. Um, and I went there, spent two years and just realized like, whoa, I, even though I came out here to get some more answers about like who I was and what I wanted, um, I was still kind of going through the, the education, the, the traditional education system. So I had to do the IB there, the International Baccalaureate Program. Um, and I was like, damn, like, this is the, the school just hasn't given me the answers about life that I wanted, you know. Um, so I took a gap year. And that, that, was, that to me has been like a really impactful experience as well. And just throughout the communities that I've been able to build for myself by being in like new and uncomfortable situations and being with people from countries I never heard of before was, has like really changed, I think, who I am on a fundamental level. And I can speak more about any of those things later, but I just wanted to. Yeah, no, that's so interesting. I guess, okay, I have so I have so many questions after that, but I have, so I'm curious, like with your mom being from Iran and your dad being a Reuben, um, like what was like the religious context at home or was it pretty much just whatever? Yeah, so this is an interesting question um, because my mom, even though she's from Iran, she actually isn't part of the religious majority. And so my mom is, um, my mom and I are Baha'is. Um, and so for people who haven't heard of the Baha'i faith, um, it's a minority religion within the world, um, but especially within Iran, and it's also persecuted. Wow. Yeah, so um, when, when my mom's family, when the revolution happened in Iran, a lot of my fam- my family had already gone, but those who were there really had to get out <laughs> because they were, they were um, basically um, harming or putting or persecuting anybody who was not Muslim. And so that was the kind of context from which a lot of a lot of my mom's side of the family was coming from. But um, being growing up here, I think is interesting because like I'm the only, I think there's like one one other one growing up, but like the only Baha'i youth on the island. So yeah, so interesting. Yeah. And so maybe I'll just like describe what it is real quick for people who might not know, but um. Within the Baha'i faith, um, we basically believe that humanity is one. Uh, we believe that uh, humans are spiritual beings having a human experience as opposed to humans having a spiritual experience. So our true essence is our soul. Um, and that soul will live on until eternity. And that is kind of like the, the gist of it. There's a lot of like, a lot of the messaging is around justice and peace and um for me, I think that all and unity, and I think that played a be, really big role in why I was so interested in um, creating a better world. Even though I know, like that, I feel like that's something people throw around a lot, where they're like, "I just want to change the world," and it's hard. But but I do think it it really gave me um, the kind of frame of mind of like I I can make a like a difference will happen regardless because that's kind of like I guess the spiritual destiny of humanity. But I need to play a role in that. And I need to do it on a local level because in the Baha'i faith, there's a lot of focus on like community-based um, activities. And so that was that. And then I went to Catholic school all my life and my dad is Methodist. And so it was like a mix of experiences. I think like, I think I was able to learn a lot about um, just like different, different faiths. And within the Baha'i faith, you have to, we, we believe that all of the, um, prophets of the, the major world religions were all one. Um, and so like all of the world religions are one. Yeah. And so 
Bro, you are blowing my mind right now, Sahar. Like you, I, bro, bro, I literally used to tell this to my dad. Oh my God, I relate to this story so on so many dimensions. I'm like, it is blowing my mind right now. Like, okay, because like you were talking about how like your family was being persecuted because of being non-Muslim in Iran during that whole revolution. Literally, like my grandparents went through a similar situation in the Sindh province of what is now Pakistan during the like when the British pretty much like divided the country and I was like oh my god like they too had to leave because like they literally would have died um with that if they didn't like they were being people were dying like literally being killed which is like an insane thing when I used to talk to my grandpa and he was like yeah I have this tattoo in case you know I got lost so they could find me like they would know that like I was who I said I was and that is so wild and like even like my dad's a like uh we're like Radhaswami Indians which is like a specific I guess type of uh Hinduism um and a lot of it does tie to this so like when I grew up in like my mom being Methodist as well so it's like that weird duality and I too like at a very young age like just had this idea of like we have so many different prophets but they're actually all representing the same ideology and there's like this oneness so I'm like oh my god like it's like I see the parallels wow blowing my mind <laughs> especially being in growing up in like um, a kind of mixed context where like one family comes from or one parent comes from a very far away region, I would say, or like further away. Um, like there's just so yeah. much that you're like, that you have to grapple with. You're like, whoa, like what? There's so many realities. I Or like, I, maybe there's one true reality, but like when I see how different people experience the world, I'm like, whoa, like we, we're, we're standing on the of giants. It's insane. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's, I know. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of, that's kind of um, a little bit about my like kind of, heritage and um super cool now for a message from our sponsors thank you for supporting this podcast if you are enjoying this episode Share it with a friend and leave us a review. It 100% helps us grow this podcast and get our message out there to help and inspire others. Have thoughts or opinions you want to share? Join the conversation on Anchor or on Spotify. I love to hear from you all and I can't thank you enough for your support. With that, let's get back to the good stuff. super cool i guess like being on st martin i feel like i don't know if you felt this but because we are a very much like christian dominant you know island i always felt like isolated when i ever talked about like my more hindu side of like my belief system or like i always felt like a weirdo and i'm curious like did you also kind of have like that kind of like otherness when you talked about like your spiritual beliefs because it's like as much as like we are very accepting there is sort of like this like very like clear idea of like you're gonna go to heaven if you believe this specific way of human development versus you know other potential stories that could be why we're here you know yo this is this is a conversation i actually have a lot because um yeah man oof, growing up like there's just so many times where people would just 
not I, I think I think people would be either intrigued, but I think there would also be there's like a lot of fear around difference. Um and so like I would bring it up and they'd be like, Oh, that's interesting, but like you're gonna go to hell. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Or like they'd like argue with you, like, what do you mean? Like how do you believe that? And I'm like, why are you making me defend my beliefs at five? I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, yeah. I'm here. I know. And I think like there are times, yeah, when people would be like, Oh, it's like a false like false prophet false religion or like oh you're related to the devil or hell and i'm just like whoa like it's so interesting to me because i don't even believe in in the devil or in hell you know just like um when it comes down to just like on a fundamental level i'm like whoa all of these things are kind of 50 50 like it could be could be there could be a, a god there could not you're right i could be i could be going there but you know i'm gonna take the other i'm gonna take the glass half full over there you know i'm gonna be like if i go up to the gates i'm gonna be like jesus i'm sorry man you know i really did try you know i wasn't like against you but like i felt like you could have give your girl a sign if you were really you know i was asking for clarity you could have helped you i know, know but it's it, you know it's, it's fascinating to me too because like like i mentioned so just believing that all religions are one and in doing that you have to learn about all the religions and you have to believe in all these like yes. amazing people that that are amazing figures in the past like buddha like jesus like um muhammad like you know just all of them I'm just like these people were extraordinary and i believe that and i want to learn more about that but then it's interesting because um what they're what they're even though they were such open beings a lot of their the kind of like communities that have taken on their messages have have also you know made it a little bit of, of something divisive and i think that's that to me really hurts yeah the labeling the bot like trying to just divide and i'm like there's no why are we dividing there's no need to divide like you're isolating yourself even more there's no point when we can learn from each other you know at the end of the day like exactly I'm a, like take me to church take me to But, like, don't tell me that half of my family is going to rot or the fiery depths. I'm like, oof, that's, that's kind of hard for a kid to rationalize. Like, what? My grandma's a saint. What are you talking about? <laughs> that is, yeah, that's something that I feel like you, as a just minority, like, even though we may not feel like a minority in, in some ways, I feel like when it comes to just, like, beliefs, people can take that really strongly. Um, and so I think... For me, a lot of the answer to that has just been like openness and just being as open as possible to learning from other people um, and realizing that like, yeah, maybe judgment may come, but it, it's, you know, it's coming from a place of maybe, you know, fear. Like people actually might be scared that I, I might go, you know, like that the next step in my journey might be um, a miserable one in hell or something. And, and I think a lot of people, I think at the end of the day, people care. People people do care and, and they're scared. And, and I think um, that's... That's kind of that's kind of where I just I let it be, you know. And at the end of the day, like I just want to learn from people, and hopefully one day everybody will be open Preach. from each other. That's why it's like so awesome. I'm like, oh my god, like we, are, I see what you see. I get it. I'm like, where were you when I was going through my identity crisis? I'm kidding. <laughs> Yo, I feel that one thousand percent. But it's like. I always looked at it as like all of these different like leaders were like incarnations of just the universe and they were here, you know, to teach us some dimension of like being. And that's why I've always like really I felt like felt drawn to the Eastern traditions or like philosophies um, and a lot of like the just different modalities of trying to understand self. 
um because it's like when you when you go over there you see like these are not like the questions that like for example and i'm curious what questions you were like trying to understand about life because i feel you like school and college doesn't really give you the answers you you be hoping for um but i feel like when i would go into like just like history and like thinking about what philosophers were thinking about like a lot of the things that i feel like i was questioning were stuff that humans have been toggling with forever um and i i don't know i feel like it's weird that like in our modern time that we don't have more conversations about like what is life and like why we're here and you know understanding our selfhood but i hope like with like podcasts like this that we can have like more interesting discussions around that because i think like people need that as much as they need beliefs to ground themselves in because otherwise you're kind of just like open um to any any story you know instead of like really trying to understand your own story oh yeah 1000 i feel like for me a lot of um the division that does exist within our society on all all levels could really be healed through like meaningful conversations and stories you know and i think like at the end of the day like if you haven't heard um a story of some of someone from the community like a really meaningful story one-on-one with with someone from the community that you maybe feel a division or feel some kind of like disconnection from then it's going to be really hard to to heal that relationship and i feel like um some of the big questions i asked myself were definitely questions like what what is a meaningful life you know and like what does it mean to have a purpose how do i find that purpose and um like, who am I? <laughs> you know, just really big questions that I feel like um, have kind of become slowly refined into a smaller questions and smaller questions. And I, and I think something I learned from my experiences um, on my gap year, especially, um, was that, you know, like at the, end of, at the end of the day, I think a good experience gives you better questions than it does more answers sometimes. And so I feel like for me, it's just about like letting the questions continue to guide my journey. Um, and, and opening those questions up to people, you know, I think something that I, I felt drawn to here was kind of creating spaces where people have a sa- the safety to talk about things that maybe they feel are taboo or uncomfortable. And so something that I don't do as often as I should, <laughs> but that I've been able to, I've been blessed to do it like a, a, a small group of people um, is this thing called Wisdom Wednesdays. And so we like come together and we have tea and then there's a a topic like vulnerability or ego or I don't know, self-awareness or something. And then we create, um, and then there's just like a little, a little program where we all just kind of open up and break down barriers of like what we think about those topics and how those topics play into our lives. And so that, that to me is something that I would love to cultivate more of on the island because I do think like people people want to have these conversations, but maybe don't always have the tools to have them or the space to have them. Um, so I feel you 1000%, you know? No, I think that's amazing. Like, I'm like, I would love to join Wisdom Wednesday. I'm like, I think it's so like, cause I feel you because like, otherwise like we each are just asking ourselves like these questions individually. And like, sometimes we don't know or don't have the language to process that thought, you know, really and truly. And I think like when you have a community where you can just like say how you're feeling and you can hear how other people describe their experiences, especially around like the thoughts that we have, you realize like a lot of the things that we think are very similar, you know what I mean? And like a lot of the doubts that we have are very similar and a lot of the pains 
that we have that we think we're fighting alone are actually shared by other people or even like the the negative thoughts that we have about ourselves are not actually grounded in truth um but it's when you talk about them in a safe space where you feel like you can really be vulnerable and you're not going to be judged so that you are like triggered into like anxiety or even more fear you can really then heal because i think then you realize like you can actually like grow from a place of like love and support and it not just be like I'm trying to figure all this stuff out on my own and I don't know anybody else is trying to figure this out and it just seems like a lot because like when you ask like what is the meaning of life and then you find out like it is what you make of it you're like oh what do I do with that like (laughs) you're like oh like that could go two ways, you know, you could take that and be really happy and find peace or you could go a really, you know, depressed and like just detach yourself from the world because you're like, it is what I make of it. So none of it really, you know, matters at the end of the day. But when you have support, you realize like it does matter. It matters in like the interactions that you have on the day to day basis. It matters in how you show up, like in the conversations that you have and the relationships that you build that all adds up even though we can't measure that because we're terrible at seeing like the local effects of things we forget that that is really like the essence of change like that is the essence of being but we're so caught up in like what everyone else is telling us is happening that we forget like no it's like in you in that moment right now that is life and it's interesting too yeah (laughs) i love it (laughs) i think it's interesting too because i think that there's also a balance to be found in like I do think all of our answers are within us. And I do think that, you know, like maybe maybe there's like deep, like divine source guiding that as well, that journey. Um, and at the same time, I think it's important to like, you, like you're saying, ground that in like community and in the people that you get to interact with. Because I feel like we, you know, the, I feel like we sometimes forget that like, when it comes down to it, like you can think you're whatever. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm such a patient person. And then I meet somebody who tests that patience. I'm like, just kidding, just kidding. You know, so I think it's really important to like learn about yourself through yourself, but also through the community and like through the people that you interact with. Um, and that the journey towards like ultimate self-discovery or enlightenment or whatever it is um, will come through uh, multiple facets, you know, and, and whether and like multiple realms, like, the the inner plane and maybe the social plane and maybe the spiritual plane and and all of those things are interacting but um yeah i definitely think at the at at the end of the day i feel like people feel like they can do it all by themselves and i and i do think that's where uh sometimes we might falter a little bit because our society feeds us individualism as a (laughs) you know as like the way the way to be like you got this you don't need no help you strong you don't need to cry sleep it off fake it till you make it just smile and it's like okay but like i need to cry and i need to talk to someone about it and i need to vent that feeling not because it makes me weak but because it makes me strong like so i feel you a hundred percent but i'm curious like where did you go for the the two-year program because you said it was like in a bunch of you could go to like different countries so where where did you go yeah the funny part is i still went to the netherlands (laughs) so even though i was like oh i could go to any of these countries when you apply um they choose where you go and they were like 
masturbate oh. is good for you and I was like oh cool um and it ended up being a really great experience and so like I, I think it could have happened anywhere and the people would have made it um incredible um but yeah it definitely confused some people because I feel like when I went there people thought I was already in university and so like five years later people were like are you still in still in Harlem I'm like no 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 <laughs> it was just a two-year thing and then yeah but um I went to the Netherlands and then for my gap year I went to Ecuador um and I think I was really Lit. yeah that was really nice that was really a, a blessing too and I think like for me what I've really been able to value is just like being in a community for a long period of time like I love traveling um but I think I like slow travel I've noticed more than anything like going somewhere for like three months you know like that at least uh, at least or at a good chunk of time i think that to me is really special um because i really i think there's like a yeah it takes a little while especially if you don't know the language you know to really feel like you've experienced a place but yeah so that was that was my journey um the, the netherlands ecuador and then i went to school in canada for my university and then the pandemic hit and i came back home <laughs> I guess, like, how was living in Ecuador? I always wanted to... Well, I still want to go to South America. I would I would really love, like, my dream one day is to be able to spend time with, like, the shamans of the Amazonian forest. Like, to me, those are, like, the Gs, the gangsters of the natural world. And I could learn so much from them. Like, oh, my goal is to meet a medicine man. They only... If they only knew... I love that. Actually, um, so Ecuador is amazing because it has like the coast, the mountains and the Amazon. Um, and I was in the mountains for like w- when I lived there. But you get in the program that I was in. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and so we, it's called Global Citizen Year, the program that I was in. And it has like a lot of the kind of values I was talking about. Or I I don't know if I spoke to you about this now or in the, in the branding course. But basically just like about, you know, focusing on what we didn't learn in schools. And so in that program, you get like a few days off to travel. And one of the travels I did was to the Amazon. Um, and we were like, okay, how are we going to do this right? You know, we have like three days. <laughs> and so um, we stayed, I don't know if it's called like some, some, it's like one of those th- things where we can exchange work for lodging. Um, one of those kind of like program p- platforms. Lit. So, yeah. So we did that and we were helping this indigenous family um create an eco lodge um and they were so amazing like that i think what you're saying about just like people being so um in tune with the earth i was like whoa whoa. like i you know i feel like we've we've been taught to be distracted from what really matters at the end of the day and and i think a lot of what matters can be found in like obviously in ourselves and just having time to ourselves but also in nature um and i say that but i don't spend much time out there (laughs) but just when you do find people who are connected you're like yep you get you get it you know and so that was a beautiful experience um because when i was staying there besides doing work um for them they also would kind of invite us to do some of like the family practices they had and one of them was waking up at 4 a.m to drink what's called um wayusa wait wayusa not ayahuasca because people people i was about to say i was like so hard <laughs> i'm like that's dope i'm like 
I was like, oh my God, you're doing, I'm like, that's goals, goals. We'll get there one day, but we, we, we still need some time. I need to prepare mentally <laughs> for that journey. I can't. Yo, I don't, I don't know enough about that, but I, I, I do know, I definitely think it's good to go in with like a clear state of mind, but no, we were just drinking tea <laughs> Wait, and it was this um, tea called by Yusan. So what they're explaining to us is, like, is that they wake up at 4 a.m. with their kids every day to just talk about stories and talk about life. Um, before school starts and talk about their dreams and what dreams they had and I was like like imagine imagine the just taking the time parenting goals that is amazing and um and what was incredible some of these kids first of all the, the kids were just really cool like one of them had a monkey as a pet the monkey's name was Mackie and they just like would swing on a little swing together. And I was, I was just like, whoa, this is this is a, a, a whole different context, you know, like growing up. A vibe. Yeah. Like you grow up in such a small island and you think like that's the world. And then you go somewhere else. You're like, that's a totally different way of um, living. And but yeah, super cool family. Um, and what I what I thought was really impactful was that all of them knew. And and I think everybody should know this, but we don't. But all of them knew every like the names of every plant you know and like what each plant did and and how it worked and why it was important and i was like whoa like that's that that i wish we thought the land mattered as much as as they do you know um and then yeah and i think what their goal was as a family was to try to like make sure that that lived on and so they were going to create like a sort of like medicine garden with all of the different plants and what they did and i remember i asked them too i was like you know like or i don't know if i asked them or they brought it up they were like you know if if Let's say a cobra, not cobra, some kind of snake that lives in the Amazon bites you. Um, and you know that the plant you need is two hours away and you know you only have 30 minutes to live. Like, we're going to go to a pharmacy, you know? And I think that was just so like, I was like, duh. You know, some people, I think some people are so like, no, no natural medicine. Or like, no, um, I guess like Western medicine. Western, I feel you. And then yeah. they were just like, why not have a balance? And I was like, isn't that what life's about? <laughs> so... That was that was a, a real learning moment for me too. They're living in the future. Like I'm telling you, that is like I'm that is where I'm hoping we can move to as a civilization. Cause I'm like, yeah, like it blows my mind how people have forgotten how much the land matters, not forgetting that we come from the land. Like without that, there's no us. And it's like we don't even know like, yeah, like what plants are around us and how they can help us, how we can, you know, harvest them, feed our families, feed the land, just feed life just by understanding what is around us and like growing in, you know, accordance with how nature grows. I feel like we just like have so isolated ourselves from the natural world that we're forgotten. Like, oh, we're not from there. Like, no, like, ew, dirt, ew, no thank you. I don't want nothing to do with that. Keep the germs away from me. And I'm like, bro, you have germs in your gut that help you process the food that you eat. You can't kill all germs. You need them. You need them. But it's like we've forgotten. And it's like, I don't know if you've heard of this, but I was listening to this one podcast with Sadar Guru, who's like a He's cool. He's a cool dude. I hope to meet him one day. He's so cute. Um, but he was talking about like, like even when we're thinking about the land today, like the way that we have just grown food on such a mass scale has like completely depleted the nutritional quality of our land. And as a result, like humans are at risk of a mass 
malnutrition, you know, situation, not because we can't grow food, but because the food that we grow is not nutrition, nutritious enough to sustain us anymore. And it's all because we've forgotten like this relationship with the land and how you're supposed to rotate crops or, you know, plant a biodiverse farm. Um, that's more in a line with like how the earth should be maintained. And we just don't do that. We just slash and burn and just destroy the earth. And now it's like destroying us, you know? And I'm like, guys, we need to change. Please, 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 please. The course I'm doing, or so I started a master's degree in uh, applied community development. And the first course I'm doing is sustainable communities. Awesome. And my teacher is um, from Bolivia and lives in the, in the Amazon. And he was talking about this exact problem. Right, right. I was like, oh my, it's just fascinating to me, just like thinking about how um, little we know about soil and how little we know about plants and how little we know about like how to keep ourselves alive in a sustainable way. And he's like, just talking about how like people, you know, people don't think the land has intrinsic value, right? Like they're just like, yeah, land is only as valuable as we can make it when we develop it or extract it, extract from it, you know? And so he he was just telling us about like all the times that people would come in and like just like get rid of or not get rid of like just get rid of the community yeah that was there and just be like this is now for us to find gold <laughs> you know or oil and you think you might think like oh they're that that's not good they're not good people or whatever you want to think that that is but it's more when at the end of the day like we're connected to that you know what I mean like we I feel like people forget that everything I mean I believe everything is connected. And I think it's like if one community is harmed, then like that has a global, a global like ripple, you know, we all feel it. Exactly. Exactly. Like it's like you can't dig up the soil in one place and not expect the dust that go up in the air to not float throughout the rest of the globe. Like literally, it's like how we get affected by the Sahara Desert. It affects the Caribbean, which, you know, I'm like, guys, it, it does affect people. Just, you know, wake up, you know, <laughs> it's like, look at the bigger picture, please. Like, I know, please. but it's, it's interesting that especially when it comes to like the idea of sustainability is like we're so everything is just so convenient. You know, you buy everything is wrapped in plastic and like oil gets you everywhere. And and we have very few. I don't think there's any, I don't know, curriculum built into our schools to teach about like climate change and. Um, sustainability at that level you know for kids to be like whoa this needs to change and like when everybody around the world was walking out of school for the Greta Thunberg thing you know like just like everybody's like yeah there's like a climate change strike or a protest and then like no one here did it and I think that's like uh, that's no fault of the kids you know what I mean I think it's like we we have we have like omitted such an important part of the future their future um from their from their education system and from their school so i remember i don't remember what grade it was but i remember when i think it we had to be little but it's like when the inconvenient truth movie came out and i saw like al gore's project projection of just like sea level rising and i was like where's st martin i was like looking at the map i was like oh oh wait 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 al gore Gore, you're missing, you're missing some, you're missing some places, um, Gore. Uh, what happened to the Caribbean real quick? Can we backtrack in the movie? I have a question, teacher. Teacher, wait, what happened? And like, I was so scarred, I swear, after watching that movie. Like, I left and I was just like, 
why is everybody so calm about this? I'm like, I'm confused why, like, the adults don't seem to care about what I just saw on that screen. I'm like, that red flag, red flag. But I also feel like our generation, low-key, was, like, raised by, like, hippies a little bit. Like, I feel like some of our teachers came from that, like, 70s, you know, like peace no war vibe um or at least like a montessori miss kate was like my favorite um and i feel like it did at least in in me or at least some of my peers indoctrinate this like importance for nature and i feel like growing up on an island like with like i don't know if you all and see dominic's also had like all the mangrove like campaigns and stuff like that um but i always and i don't know if it's just maybe my being but i've always loved nature and like i just don't understand I'm like, if you go into nature, it like it shows you its value. Just go into it. Just go immerse yourself for like 30 minutes to an hour. And like you already feel so relaxed, so at ease, just so in the present. Like I remember, you know, near St. Dominic's, you have like the farm, the hillside farm. That's like I remember we went there for like a mini master or like a field trip or something. And we had no cell reception because you're up in the mountains. And I remember by the end of the day, everybody was just so happy and so at peace because like we couldn't check our phones. We couldn't go on like the early Instagram or Facebook and stuff. And I just remember being like, wow, like, so this is what it would have been like if we didn't have connection like that. This feeling of ease, this release of anxiety. I'm like, I don't know. That's interesting. Interesting, you know. To be honest, I feel like I didn't really want to have much of a connection with like the with the land until I went to Canada and I was like or or in Ecuador as well, but especially Canada where like people were like talking so much about um like they would go they would go to the river every day no matter how cold it was they would like go into the we had a forest like one minute away and I was like ah bears I don't want to go and then they'd be like like frolicking around not caring about you know um but it's just interesting to me because i feel like the a big a big conversation that that was had there that i never thought about was exactly what you're saying like the land being connected to mental health and like not being connected to the land being a real a real problem for your mental health and i mean that that wouldn't even be something i would hear on the island much because of so many levels right like the taboo around mental health um and and just like the, so many distract so many distractions from nature but i i think it's interesting that even though i like at, at, at some level i know this i still find myself just like inside on my screen i work online granted but it's just like you know like it's it's same it's, i feel you <laughs> yeah like i don't know why it's it's so hard to it shouldn't be so hard to get out like and really be like i just feel like there's it's hard to go out and just be like ah i'm already i'm already here you know like you can go hiking and then maybe you'll get to a place where you don't hear cars and all these things but so my thing is like developing so rapidly and people see it as a positive thing they're like oh progress and i i think it's interesting because like for me i don't see it i don't see it as such me neither i'm like you're hurting her you're hurting her more you're hurting her more like stop it like can you stop hurting her like how many times do i have to tell y'all to stop hurting her the island is asking us to tell you to stop hurting her and you keep hurting her and one day she's gonna bite back and then i might just be like i don't know she warned you on many occasions to stop messing around and y'all didn't want to listen so is your focus then 
pretty much like trying to create a very sustainable community starting in St. Martin. Because if so, like I love that and I 100% want to be a part of that. Because I'm like, that is literally the life that I dream about, you know, is like living in a very sustainable focused, like thinking about human well-being, like pretty much creating that balance that I feel like we're lacking right now. It's not to say that we can't have technology and we can't have Western medicine and we can't have progress in that way, but it's like we need to mediate that and understand why we're doing that and like what is exactly the benefit of us doing all of these things, creating all of this development, creating all of this mess, understanding really the intention behind it. Um, because it's like without the earth we can't play anymore you know what I mean like this is our playground we have to keep it clean you know if we want to continue to play here we gotta keep it at least semi together you know what I mean but I'm curious like what how do you want to apply this so that's a good question I think so the the reason that I ended up choosing this program that I'm in um it focuses broadly on community development um but I think I feel like I want to get like the strategies and tools to build, like you're saying, like sustainable, holistic um, communities that really focus on the, the full person, you know, and, and I think I want to find a way to do that in a way that's accessible and affordable and doesn't feel super isolating because I feel like sometimes people will do that and it's like expensive to access it and you're like, what? Yeah, I feel you. Then it comes off as elitist and then it's like, that's not the point because then we have an access issue and it's like sustainability should be have equal access. You know, it shouldn't be like a if you can afford it type of dealio. Yeah. And I think like I don't focus much, to be honest, on like the like I, I don't know too much about the, the science behind climate change or whatnot. <laughs> like, you know, like that kind of aspect. But I think I'm very focused on the human part. Like I, I'm I really I really want to figure out how to help communities thrive from like an asset-based perspective it's like their strengths and we're going to maximize those strengths as opposed to focusing on like there's problems here and everything's a problem and no one can fix it because there's no possibility of fixing a problem as opposed to being like well we already have such amazing things happening let's keep building on that and creating and dreaming and seeing what happens next you know um so that's what i want to do but how i think it's going to be tangibly is my goal in life is to have a community center <laughs> so that's my ultimate amazing goal. yeah that is so amazing is that and then that's mine the gap or can i not say that yeah you can you can say it. i i don't really know okay. if it's gonna end up being that exactly i think that's gonna that that might be something more like education focused um and so just for context okay. yeah like for people who um uh, as I was mentioning, I'm very passionate about like what the gaps in our education system and how we can fill those in a way um, that helps yeah just young people thrive. Um, and so I think that would be something maybe like a summer school, like an afternoon school. Um, and then the community center mm. would be uh, something for like lifelong learners. Like anybody at any age can walk in and be like, I am welcomed here and I'm safe and I'm loved and I feel like I can become my best self. So that is lit that's literally amazing i feel like people need spaces like that because i look at adults and i'm like you guys just look like children that have had your dreams smashed and broke and now you like grew up and you're like i don't know what happened i don't know why i'm here everything sucks and then they just eat a bunch of shitty food to make themselves feel better and then they get fat and then they look in the mirror and they're like i hate myself and then it's even more sadness and then the news is all fear and then they look at life and they're like I just feel like I was promised a different reality and this is not it. But then they don't know what to do to actually change that. And I, 
it breaks my heart because I'm like, it's within you. Like, just go within yourself. Like, I'm telling you, like, if we all did the inner work, like, we can get there. It's like, like you said, us all understanding our purpose, our gifts, which are, like, so unique to who we are and acting on that and being, you know, purposeful in that and understanding, like, the value that you bring from all of your experience, even if that is trauma even if that is you know all of the things that you want to hide from the world and hide from yourself all of that can help you in your journey to be exactly who it is that you're meant to be and I think like community centers like that are such a crucial point part of like that whole process because I think like it takes a village like I really and truly believe it takes a village like when I reflect on my upbringing and I think of all the people that exposed me to experiences that allowed me to really develop this deep love for nature and like to have a safe space to just be who I was, even though I was a kid that was still figuring it out and they still taught me and showed me unconditional love. Like that has made me the person that I am today. And I am so grateful for those people. And they don't even know, like half of them, I feel like don't even know like how grateful I am to have had them like in my life um because you just don't even think about it like it just happens and you don't think about it and sometimes I think like I sometimes really like have this like weird gut feeling that we were all born on this little island for some weird reason Sahara like I think it's too coincidence that we all have like this like deep attachment to selfhood and like understanding who we are and like detaching from ego and like really coming from like this intentional and purposeful place like I see it in you I see it in Bianca like in Devani and Faf like there's so many people that I see like have this like beautiful essence to them and I'm like is it just a coincidence that we are all around the same age like on this from the same island like even though our families come from so many different places and yet here we are. I'm like, oh, I, I see you, universe. I see you. Exactly. I'm not going to like last year when I decided to move back home, um, it was it was a lot of that. It was like whoa, the people that are here right now, like this, this is my, like, I mean, obviously there's always been people who have been doing amazing things on this island, but I feel like just like, from a bias bias perspective i'm like this is the moment you know like i, I just i feel you though yeah i really do though i feel it i do it's like i don't even think it's bias i think you just you you can tap into that energy and you can just feel like there's something about the island like i don't know if it's the beat the heartbeat of st martin or whatever it is but it does something i feel like to our our perception as people and just like being able to grow up around each other and like to see each other and just to see like our differences and how that comes together. I'm like, it must've been divine intervention. Like, I'm like, I just don't see any other way to explain it. Like, it's just weird. Like, it's weird, but it's like, Ooh, I see, I see. And and I feel so lucky. Like, I know, I know some people would be like, Oh, like, um, I don't know. I, I, I know some people feel differently about like being from a small place um and being from here specifically but I, I feel so lucky like to when I moved to Canada and all these places I was like whoa like it's hard to be different and it, it is hard to be different here too I, I I obviously you know like and I think especially um like when it comes to maybe like behavioral differences or like um how you ident- how you identify um but then for example like being in Canada is realizing that like the skin that I had was you know making people think of me a certain way or like 
the like like, i don't know there's just weird it's weird like i'm just like yeah i feel like we're from a very oh i i obviously maybe i'm just privileged but i just feel like growing up i had amazing people around me from very different backgrounds and i was able to really connect with them in ways that i don't know that you might always get in some environments you know so I feel very lucky to be from here. I feel you. Exactly. 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 Like I, the moment I had that epiphany, it was like, wow. Like I just like, like you said, like I feel so lucky and I agree. Like it's weird. And I feel so blessed to have grown up in a country where like we have that freedom to exist, even though like, yeah, there, it is hard being still different from the majority. Like you could still just be Sahar, you know what I mean? Like who is Iranian and a Rubian and, and has all this. And they're like, yeah, that's Sahar. So what? It's cool. Um, and then you go to like other places and they're like, what, who is this girl? Like, what is she? What is she made up of? She looks black, but like, there's something, I don't, it's not like, it's not regular black. So it's like, something's going on here. What, what, we can't put her in a regular box. And then they're confused. And then they like try to put you in that box. And you're like, I don't, why are you trying to shove me in this box? I don't fit there. Um, and it's that, uh, it's weird. Cause like at first you're like, wait, what's going on? Why are these people, what, what, what? And then you realize, oh, they didn't have the same freedoms I did. So they think like you have to fit in these boxes. Whereas like, I think we really have the privilege of just growing up and existing like island babies. Like we're just running around on the beach, just doing whatever, you know, just living life, having fun and just bonding with people. And it didn't matter like where you came from as long as you were there with like the right intentions, which was love really, I feel. I I think, yeah, and I and I think like definitely like that. I feel like that's my perspective too, based on just my experiences. And but I feel like coming back um, and working with, and remembering my my time like watching how kids interacted too, and how young people interacted, and also just like working with youth now. Um, I think there is a lot though that that we really need to address when it comes down to like like people. It is hard for people to be different. Uh, in just terms of like their personality you know i think like we can be pretty accepting of of, like different skin skin tones sometimes unless you're like from a specific i I think there's a lot of xenophobia (laughs) you know and there's a lot of xenophobia um especially like with people from other caribbean islands and stuff like that um but i just like here i feel like for example um working with autistic youth i'm like well people really don't understand autism or like people really don't understand adhd or they really don't understand yeah, like just like developmental stages of kids like kids will be loud and they'll you know like they'll just like and they'll yell at you and like be like what's wrong with you and i'm like i'm a kid like what you want from me bruh like that's <laughs> some of the things going on in my body yeah exactly and so like i think that's something i would love to see us be able to like um do a like learn a lot more about you know like how do we let kids really be kids like how do we let people with um differently wired brains be themselves without them feeling ashamed of like you know who they are and I, and, and I think that's a lot of what I love to I think just creating an environment of like total acceptance which is something that everybody everywhere struggles always but um I think that would be something that would like really propel us into like higher heights and that would be true progress not the all the buildings taking away the nature the wanna I feel you I feel you I laugh when they think that like construction means progress. I'm like, that's not how that works. But okay, all of you industrial boomers, I see, I see. I understand why you're stuck in this framework of thinking. I get it. Okay, I get it. 
I understand. But yeah, I mean, I'm curious, like, since being back on the island, like, because I see, like, you create all of these cool reels about, like, all these incredible cute cafes where you can do, like, all this incredible work and just, like, highlighting the beauty of being on the island and, like, having an island to even be from. Um, Like, what has been, like, the greatest part of being back home? Ooh, so, yeah, I mean, I think just, like, having access to... um a beach <laughs> is is really healing you know like i think there are days where i'm just like ah, i can't get out of my head and then i go into some nice seawater and i'm like wow that was great um and i think like being able to be in a place where people i mean maybe maybe i, I feel like i was in a very like clean manicured environment for a while when i was in canada in the sense not in the sense of like the physical environment but like people spoke to each other how they felt like other people wanted to hear them speak and I don't feel like that's something that I have to, I have here as much. You know, people just say, what is on their mind? Whatever, whatever. Polite, politically correct, or anything. And so I feel like that's- They don't give a day off. Yeah. And I actually, like, I find it kind of um, interesting because I feel like it challenges me where, where I'm like, oh, like, this conversation needs to be had differently then, you know? Or like, um, we need to, I need, maybe I need to ask different questions to try to really understand um what people are going through you know but I think like just like being here I find people here are like magical in their own way and so I feel like the people are people the ocean um would be some of my favorite things and of course I think there's a lot of like new ideas coming along so like like um you were saying you know there's some co-working spaces coming along which we never had um there are interesting like projects that people are starting I just feel like people are really making moves for the community um, and I would like to highlight more of that, you know, like more of the good things we're already doing um, and just try try my best to really to support. And I think especially when it comes down to it, just like small, small time entrepreneurs and um, artists are people who I feel really strongly that like need the support that we, you know, sometimes I feel like we'll give elsewhere, but won't necessarily give to our own community. So, yeah, as much as I can, just highlighting that. Um, even though I don't use social media enough to post about it, <laughs> but just go showing up, you know, like showing up to an event and just like, yeah, paying attention. I think that it, it it starts like in small strides, you know, like the grassroots mentality. And it seems like I definitely see like I don't know if it's been because of the pandemic or just like people realizing the value of the island, but like more and more people are I feel like understanding like we are so talented like the island is just so full of talent like it just it just I don't even understand how I think it's just like the melting pot is the heartbeat vibration it's all of it it just creates interesting human beings like I just don't know any other way to put it like you said like in St. Martin you're gonna see all kind of people and they gonna talk to you however the hell they want to and I honestly miss that so much because in America like everyone's so like trying to be politically correct and be nice about everything and I'm like I can tell like you guys are not telling people how you really feel and that's part of the problem like I feel like in St. Martin like the fact that people are so open is in a way therapeutic because you're like you can kind of laugh at it but at the same time you're like okay Brody you're being a little ignorant we need to backtrack on that real quick Let's have a conversation about that. But like, at least the fact that you can say that now, I know we can have a conversation about it, you know, but 
I don't know. To me, St. Martyrs are like the most interesting, hilarious, entertaining, fun, exhilarating people on the planet. I love them with all my heart. And it like, I'm just so lucky to be one of them. Like, it's just like, it's an honor that I feel like you don't understand that you have until you really understand. Like, like there's literally nothing like this little rock in the middle of the Caribbean Sea. Like, nothing like it. It blows my mind, like... Even though, like, it's so hard to be far away from home, but I feel like you're, you're employing so many strategies to, like, keep those connections alive and do what you can to make, yeah, to make the island continue to to become this the, the magical place that, that it is. I and need it, Sahar. I yeah. need it. Like, I need my people. Like, honestly, like, being away from home has been harder than I ever thought it was ever going to be. Like, I never thought I would care this much about that little rock. Like, I was like, wow, I really like that place. Damn, damn, damn. Moment, like, where you were growing up and you were like, um, yeah, I want to leave. And then uh, I, I feel like that's, that was me as a kid. I was like, I want to be anywhere but here. You know, when you're from a small place, you're always like, everything's yep. happening everywhere else. And then I left and then I was like, damn. yeah. Like home is like where it's at, you know. It's so interesting. I feel like I had that growing. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And like I was even more stubborn about it. I was like, I'm ready to go. I ain't trying to come back. Was here for me. These people irritating. I'm over it. They don't even listen. I'm done. I'm out. Deuces. Don't miss me when I'm gone. Okay. Like I was like, I'm outie. Don't look for me. Don't like. I'm out. Okay. Like she's gone. Forget about her. Um, and then I left and I was like, I miss them. I miss them. I miss them. Like, I miss them. Like, I miss them all. I miss it all. I miss all the chaos. I miss every second of it. I miss it so bad. Um, but yeah, like it just like makes me, I feel so lucky to be from there. Like it, there's no greater feeling than knowing that I am a St. Martyr. Honestly, I wish I could call myself Swilligan because that's, uh, that sounds so much better, but, um. Maybe we'll get there. Maybe, maybe we'll get there. <laughs> maybe one day. I remember one time I was in school um, in the Netherlands and my teacher was like, do you call yourself St. Martians? And I was like, no, but that sounds really cool. Like, that's that's pretty cool. Like, Martians, what? St. Martians. And I was like, don't call me that again. <laughs> so I, I love it. I feel like Swaligan would be it. It just sounds so much better than St. Martiner. Like, it just it doesn't even roll off your tongue. I'm like, ugh. But you've like traveled like all over though. Like how I guess like how was living in Africa, or like yeah, I guess like where were you in Africa? Because I know it was like Ta Tonga. Togo was one. Togo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, so as I mentioned, um, my mom's family kind of like spread out when they left Iran, and a lot of them went to West Africa. Um, and so two of my mom's sisters live in Togo which is a very tiny country um, that is like, yeah, I think I think it's like usually when we think West Africa, you'll think like Ghana, Nigeria, or like you really big countries, but Togo is like a little slice. Um, and so I was able to be there for three months. And it was funny because it came at a time where I was in my, I was in my last semester of university and I like, I was home for the pandemic and I, I was so happy to be home, but I also had a moment where I was like, whoa, 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 there's like a, a lot a lot happening at once you know like I felt like I was constantly like kind of like pleasing other people's needs as opposed to like really thinking about like what I needed in the moment and so Togo was this this time for me to just get away and 
reconnect with myself, reconnect with family, um, and just just be, you know. And and I think like I really was able to. I w- I went initially because I wanted to learn French, but my family speaks. Um, they obviously speak French, but like they just spoke to me in English because it's easier. And so I didn't learn as much French as I wanted to. Um, but I hate when that happens where you're like, don't talk to me in the language that I know. Speak to me in the other one. I know. My dad's the same way. I'm like, teach me Hindi. And then he only speaks English. I'm like, bro. You're like, what? Have you no patience with me? <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. But um, Togo. So, yeah, I think Togo was is actually my third um, country uh, in Africa. So I was in um, Tanzania when I was 17 and then Morocco when I was 18 and then Togo, but Togo was like the lo- the longest time, so that was um, that was special to me, and was just a lot easier, a lot easier, or like a lot, um, it it was a lot more meaningful because I got to really get to know people. Um, yeah, so that was that. I've never I've never been to any country in Asia, which is my next. Mm. Yeah, I wanna. I really wanna make sure. I wanna try to do like one. I highly recommend country. Thailand. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, good no, things. Thailand is a vibe. Food. I heard the food's amazing. The food is cheap. The food is amazing. Like, I think that's literally, like, if I were to retire anywhere not St. Martin, it would be Thailand. Because the food is, like, that's, like, my favorite. Like, a nice green curry. Ooh. Ooh, child. Some mango sticky rice. What would be your, like, top? Some rambutan. <laughs> I, I don't know what that is. That sounds no, good. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, um, what would be your top? five countries that you haven't been to yet but you'd like to go to that's a lot of, that's a long list if you just want to say okay like, okay let's go five no I, I i would love to go to indonesia because i love indonesian food and bali is like that's very much my vibe you know like i'm very much like when i think of my best life it's always somewhere really tropical very like deep into nature i love i i always like tell people i'm always on the fence between staying in like where I am and running away to an ashram and just being a monk for the rest of my life like I swear um <laughs> uh but then I think I, I oh sorry I was gonna say have you read Think Like a oh, Monk go ahead. by Jay Shetty have you read Think Like a Monk I have the audiobook I haven't like finished it um but like he gave like a talk at Microsoft and so like he gave us all like his audiobook or Microsoft gave us his audiobook I don't know one of the two um but yeah, it is pretty good. I, I haven't finished it. I know I'm slacking. Don't be slack. No, don't worry yeah. about slacking. I was just, I just reminded me because he lived in an ashram. But continue. So Indonesia. Yeah. No, I would love to be a monk. Yeah, no, Indonesia. Um, I would love to go to Costa Rica because again, it has very much the like tropical esque vibe. Um, maybe that's where I do ayahuasca. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, and I would love to go. Hmm. I would love to go to Japan just because I would love to see like the technology over there. I think like they're like way in the future just from like home appliances, like goals. Um, and then I I would love to go to the Scandinavian countries, like maybe Norway or like Denmark, you know, some some over there. Just because I would like to see like what those countries are like. And then I mean, I love Hawaii, the Hawaiian island. I'm an island girl, you know, I can't deny it. Like, I would love to go to other islands. But honestly, I want to go around the whole world. You know, I would love to be able to see it all if I can. Um, I would love to be able to go to an African country just because, like, 
knowing that my you know ancestors do come from Africa, I've never been to Africa, and I feel like I don't really have like a connection to that continent. And I do think it's something that I should do just as part of like reverence to just like my history, you know, and just like being able to come home in whatever way that that manifests itself, um, just to be able to say like, we came back, you know. Um, yeah, my dream life is literally to like travel the world and like use all the knowledge that I know about like building technology to help communities grow and thrive intentionally um, with a sustainable and like like social like I guess like framework Um, because I think like one thing that I don't like and I learned like in engineering school was this idea of like when we build technology we often don't think about like the socioeconomic impacts of the things that we make and so like sometimes that can affect the communities more than it can help them and when I want to build things in this world I really want to make sure that I build it intentionally understanding like what purpose it will serve in this world especially considering that creation does require making a bit of a mess and if we are going to make a mess, like we should be accountable in that, you know, like really have responsibility in that. And I think like that's where corporations, I feel like could do better, you know, and hopefully like being a part of that and having these discussions, we can maybe shift that and have more of the balance that we're looking for. But that's the goal. We're, we're, we're trying to move towards it and we're making strides. But I think I think we'll get there because honestly, like that's what I want. And it's like. I feel like that is really my purpose. Um, and I think like that's how I can really be in this world and be happy and joyful and just give all that I know that I can give to this world while I have this body, you know? Yeah, I, I actually am curious to know what um, type of engineering you do. I think I, I don't I don't know much. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. I'm an electrical engineer. So the reason I even chose electrical engineering, I did not want to be an electrical engineer because like that's literally like the worst kind of engineering you could do. Like when I mean worst, I mean like the hardest. Um, chemical, I think, is like up there as well. But like it's like chem, chemical engineering, mechanical engineering and electrical engineering are just stress. Is If you're looking for stress, there you go. Uh, and I chose electrical engineering because I really wanted to understand like you, I had these deep questions about the world like I really just wanted to understand society I wanted to understand how the world had manifested its way to this current present time in which I existed and I felt like technology was the best way to do that because through understanding technology and specifically it turned out electrical engineering was the way that I could learn all this stuff I really wanted to understand like the physics of like how we create stuff and like understanding like how information actually flows, you know, wirelessly and understanding like all of that, um, like the energy of like how we create, because really electrical engineers to me are like the wizards of the modern era. Like these people do some crazy things that low key would have got you burnt at the stake. Okay. Like it is wild what we can do. And I felt like so empowered through my degree to like have this real fundamental understanding of like how our world really works that it brought me a lot of inner peace because then I felt like okay now that I have this understanding and I understand and I'm learning to understand the industry better which I'm so grateful for Microsoft that I can do that I can then be a more empowered person to build technology really understanding where it came from 
why like how it actually works and like what we can do with it to make the world a better place so that's why i'm an electrical engineer i didn't want to do it but that's where the universe pushed my butt and i endured the stress somehow you know i think i used to believe growing up on an island like i was disadvantaged you know and i realized like no growing up on an island made me so much more advantaged like yes i struggled a little bit um but my perspective I think is unlike anybody else just because of all the difference of opinions, the diversity that just is instilled in my framework. Um, when I look at technology, it just like, I see so much of the opportunity um, that it just makes me so excited to be an engineer and like to be in technology. Cause it's like, yes, we can manifest it, you know? Um, and that's like, yeah, like so empowering. Like that's like, it's incredible. Yeah. I don't know. Can, can I ask you a follow-up then? Just, like, going back yeah, to your time on the island. Like, do you feel like... how Because I feel like a lot of kids aren't nurtured to, like, STEM, you know? Um, especially, like, yeah, math. Like, I just, I, I just know growing up, like, being like, oh, math or, like, science or whatever it is. And what do you think, what do you know. think in, your, in your upbringing um, made you want to do to do what you do today you know what what fostered that love honestly I did not want to be an engineer like really and truly and the reason I did not want to be an engineer is because growing up in an Indian household like everyone in my family was like an engineer back in India and I was like ugh, like I don't want to be another Indian that's an engineer because if you're not an engineer you're a failure you know what I mean like I did not like I was like so like I think my dad's very much a rebel and I have his rebel spirit in my body. Like I know that for a fact. Um, and when I was trying to figure out, so I knew I wanted to build technology because the first time I used a computer, I was just like in awe. I was like, what the hell is this? I was like, this thing is so cool. Tell me more. And nobody could tell me. So I was like, damn son, that sucks. Um, and I just like, I knew I wanted to build technology just because I like I was just sold by how amazing it was. And I knew that, you know, I could go to business school and just like learn all the business schmack. But then if I worked with engineers, like I wouldn't know the language that they spoke. You know, I wouldn't understand what they were talking about. And I felt like if I wanted to be a creator, I wanted to be able to have conversations with the engineers and actually be on their level and understand where they're coming from. So that if I were to say, I want to build XYZ, I know that we can build XYZ because I have the background to understand that it's possible to build XYZ. So like, it's not just me saying like, oh, the market is saying we need more tablets. So let's build another one. I'm thinking of like, I'm thinking of like what doesn't exist and how can we build that knowing what exists in the world and what we can build just knowing the talent um, and the flexibility of technology. And I fig I don't know where that came from. I think my parents just like they always um, believed in me, like they always supported me, like no matter what crazy idea I had, like they were never like, Harsha, you can't do that. Like, Harsha, don't ask that question. Harsha, don't say that. Like, my parents have honestly always been my ride or die. Like, every time I've had a weird idea, I'll, like, go to them just to, like, you know, rational check and be like, hey, so, like, I have this thought. What do you guys think? Am I tripping or am I not tripping? And they'd be like, most of the time, if I am tripping, they'll be like, okay, like, relax. Otherwise, they'd just be like, no, you're saying the truth. Like, speak up. 
And I think like, I think like, I think like in most Asian families, like girls are often um, like oppressed, you know, or like told not to be great. But I feel like my parents very much never let gender be a limiting belief for me. Like they were always like, my mom used to tell me like, Harsha, you have three things against you. You're beautiful, you're black and you're smart. And because of that, the world is going to try and like make it so difficult for you. But you cannot let them stop you. And so like hearing that my whole life, like I have always just been surrounded by people, like you said, that just love and support me. Um, And because of that, like I have always had a safe space whenever I felt anxious or doubt to be like, hey, like this is how I'm feeling and to get that reassurance. And when it comes to like math and stuff, like I always used to think like, oh, I'm Indian. So, you know, I got to be good at the mathematics. And like, I get that from, you know, my Indians are whatever stupidness, really. Uh, (laughs) But I think like I just had like this deep, intrinsic, like obsession with learning. I love to learn, like literally like learning is fun for me. Like I get a lot of pleasure from learning new things and like being able to apply that. Like it brings me so much joy learning that like, I just did well in school because I loved it. Like I love to learn. And the thing that made me hate school was the teachers that tried to limit our learning or limit our ability to ask questions or limit just like the way in which we learn. Um, I felt like the schools on the island didn't really teach in a way that was accessible to everybody. And though like it worked for me because I'm very much a visual learner. So like if you show me something, then I got it. You know, like I have to see it to really like understand Um, If you just tell it to me, like, it might take me a few times to understand your language. But if you show me, I will get it 100%. And I feel like schools are typically um, favored toward more visual learners because, like, they'll write the example on the board. Or, like, you have, like, homework where you're practicing um, and you're seeing, like, the visual of, like, you practicing that method. But not everybody learns like that. And even, like, when I would teach my friends math, like, it would be so much easier for them because I understood where they were coming from. And so I could relay the knowledge in a way that they could best receive it, which is, to me, the point of a teacher. But anyways, um, and it's not to say, like, I didn't struggle. Like, math at college was hard, so hard. Like, the, like it literally rocked my self-confidence in a way I had never felt in my life. Like, I had felt the dumbest I had ever felt in college, like, literally. Um, And it really like impacted my mental health and my confidence because I was like, I felt like I wasn't enough because I growing up on the island, you're always told like we're a disadvantage. So I went into college thinking I was disadvantaged and like that played out in like just my beliefs around my ability. Um, And it turned out that I was doing just fine. Like I was doing incredibly well. You know, Um, I just had to believe in myself and like understand college how it should work for me and not just like how I was being told that it should work for everybody but it was a learning journey um and I'm really grateful that I didn't give up because electrical engineering it was it was hard but um I just feel so much more empowered now that even though I look back and I'm like damn that four years was hard like I feel so much more confident and empowered now by that knowledge that I'm like okay it was worth it because now we really know um and yeah like it's like when you really know something like it's like you you just feel so much more confident I don't know yeah no I love it and I think like what I I was interested in that question because I feel like I'm always curious about you know what does transformative education look like so like what is education that makes you want to 
do something incredible or like become something incredible or a change in a really important way look like you know and so I was just curious to know like what yeah what got you interested in what you do today because I think especially when like you're saying the education system is not necessarily set up to um, provide you that excitement for learning sometimes yeah I really think like for me the school that instilled that in me that I was allowed to keep that curiosity even though um like LU was not I think that environment was Montessori I I don't know if CIA still has the Montessori program but that school I really and truly believed set me up for success because in that school like we it was more task oriented which is really how I think I best operate and I only I think real recently realized that I'm a very task oriented person Um, but Montessori really gave me like the flexibility to learn the way that I wanted to learn and I could learn like as much as my curiosity like had so it's like if I had a question I could go and learn that and Montessori let me do that and through that like they also instilled other things like the importance of nature like we would have like a chore wheel um, where one of the chores was to go and like take care of the garden outside and like that was like the best chore to have because you were outside in the sun um by yourself and everybody was watching you through the window and you got to play outside pretty much and just all you had to do is water the plants like that's so easy to do um but it created this like deep love and relationship for growing things and like nature and just like being so close to the lagoon like you don't I think as a kid think about all of how all of that affects your ability of like being and how you think but like we would have like weird things where we would like I remember one time we were psychics for fun you know what I mean and that was just like an activity we were doing to learn about business um, or like we would learn how to make pizza from scratch or like we would could like learn whatever we wanted um, and it was just like pretty flexible and like we had art projects where we engaged our creativity we had film we had dance like and it really allowed you to just be and learn and I think from then like that curiosity was just so um supported that no matter where I went like it was always going to be there you know and all the other schools just helped I think answer some of the questions but um yeah I think it did take me leaving to experience the world to get my degree to work even in corporate to really have like this sense of like understanding um that now I feel like I feel unstoppable it's it's crazy I love it I love that and I think like curiosity what you just said there is like the key to so much like leading your life with curiosity is something that I think can transform your whole path but it's not something that's fostered in schools and like I know so many times where like my friends would ask questions about something that wasn't you know maybe directly related to the whatever it was it's just like a powerful question and teachers would be like um that's not what we're talking about right now it's not really important sorry you know and it's not the teacher's fault either sometimes it's like they have to give you a syllabus that aligns with an exam that defines like at least for like systemata or like um uh, maybe if you went like St. Dominic primary you know you have to do an exam that defines like a huge chunk of the next part of your life without even knowing much about you know yourself and so the teacher has to just get you to that point and so if if there's a time crunch and you're dealing with 30 kids in a class you know it's not easy it's not easy to to do that and so I don't I don't I definitely don't want to knock on teachers but just like it's just tough, you know, because I know, like, I love I love um, the philosophy of Montessori and Waldorf and all these, like, schools that are very um, innovative or schools of thought that are very in- innovative and how they apply that to just, like, a child's growth and really understand, like, the development of a child, you know? 
Um, but that's that's a far cry from I think what most of our kids are getting. Um, and sometimes it's just about yeah. Sometimes people might not know that that's those are like philosophies that they could have access to and try to implement in their classroom. And sometimes they really don't have time and energy to do all of that. And so I. I love hearing that story. And I, I definitely think like play is a huge part of learning for kids, you know, and I, I, I love that you brought that. it is it's it is like and it would make me so mad when teachers would see students playing and then stop it like because they thought that that was like distracting them from learning. And I'm like, no, like we're literally building culture by just messing around with each other. Like this is how innovation happens, like literally and truly. Um, but yeah, I think I was just very fortunate to have parents that really like advocated for my best interest because like I used to go to Mac um the campus one and my mom took me out because she could tell like my curiosity was not being nurtured and like I honestly like I really have to give props to my mom because like she really and truly fought for me in a way that like I didn't even know I needed to be fought for you know because I was just a kid um but she really and truly and I don't know I don't even know if she did this intentionally or not but she really and truly like advocated for my curiosity and she wouldn't let anybody like literally anybody get in the way of her child succeeding and because of that like I get to do what I do now and it's all because of her and my parent and my dad you know like because my dad gonna be like what about me um uh yeah no like they they both like they really truly fought for me as a kid and like I just feel so blessed to have parents that cared that much about me you know like it it means the world to have that kind of support in this world because not everybody has it and like I recognize that that is a privilege and so it's like because I have that privilege I want to create more opportunities for people to have that experience as well because Everybody deserves to feel empowered, like everybody. Oh, isn't that the name of your empowered? No, I'm I'm wrong. Yes, exactly right. Like empower you, you know. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Trend there. I love it. (laughs) No, yeah, I definitely. I I, we trying to ting. We're trying to ting. You know, (laughs) empower you. That's what you have. Empower you. You have Chatterbox and. That is those two main ones, right? Just my job. And, yeah, pretty uh, much as of just, now. Just your job. You know, the- I have other thoughts, but I just need to, you know, work on it, get some money together. Um, yeah. I'm trying to build my financial freedom too. Oh, so it's yes. like, there's so many things I'm juggling, but it's like, once we get there, I'm telling you, I'm so excited for the future. I'm yeah. so excited for my life, my journey. Like, that's why I'm so honored to connect with you people because I'm like, you are the people that I want to work with most. Like, Sahar, like, you're so incredible and so interesting. And, like, just seeing, like, now that I have this understanding of, like, where you're headed, I'm like, bet. So when I'm planning this out, I can see, like, okay, Sahar finna be there and then Devani finna be there and Rachel finna be there. And Okay, okay, I see it all coming together. Like, I see, I see the roadmap, you know? I'm like, okay, okay, cools, cools. I love it. I, I, I do think though, like when you said just your job, I was like, well, because first of all, I know your job is probably like a lot of hours a week. Like just, just generally, I think we're all struggling. But um, it, it, like for me, I found it really hard to like, it, I don't know why it felt a lot easier to pursue my own thing in college. But like the moment I started doing a, a job, I feel like it's been harder to really like pursue my project. So I feel like it's really admirable that you're able to do like these two very, in, very like, comprehensive 
projects, you know, I got to. outside of work. I have to. I mm. have to. I have to. I'm telling you, like, I love my job. Um, I love, like, I feel like I'm very blessed to work for a company that I l- actually, like, I choose to work there like I have an intentional choice in my decision to be employed by these people like I don't have to work here I could go somewhere else I'm choosing to work there and because I made that choice like I realized like my job is not going to be everything every part of my being it cannot be because that's not good for my mental health for one and two it just wouldn't sustain me. Um, like just like the way that I am, like I am a workaholic. Okay. I think I'm a workaholic, but like I get off on being like productive. Like it just brings me so much joy and fulfillment, like to create and to do things. And for me, like I was doing my job and like, I, I figured I was definitely struggling with that work-life balance, especially in the pandemic of like, how much time should I be dedicated to my work work versus like other stuff that I know is going to just make me happy. And I struggled in the beginning of the pandemic. And I used to feel very guilty about like my work-life balance. I was like, Ugh. um, but I realized like a lot of that was like me self-sabotaging myself because of these limiting beliefs of what I thought work had to be. And I realized like if I was going to reimagine the future of like being, I had to first be able to be like to re- reimagine how I work and how I work best and just like understanding how I work in general. And for me, like in creating that and just having dialogue like with my manager and my team, I realized like the burden that I was putting on myself or the guilt that I was creating for myself was not necessary, you know, and that I could have my work and get that done and still have time for the stuff that like made me happy, which is like having these types of conversations. Cause I'm the only St. Martin in surface, you know what I mean? They don't care about what's going on in parliament and you know? like they work in on other things. They have other focuses, but I needed like other spaces to just help me feel like fulfilled. Cause like I was bored, like by just my job, like, I needed more stuff to do to just sustain my like curiosity. And for me, like that was the podcast and like creating the nonprofit. Cause I felt like at least with the nonprofit, I wanted to support people in the way that I wished I was supported. And that's what I can do through that. My chatterbox is more like for me to connect with my community, to create this platform, because I felt like St. Martin needed to have a voice out on the internet. And we each have our role to play in that. And I was like, well, this is something that I could do. I love to talk. Like, I have so much on my mind. Like, it seems like a perfect fit. And, you know, I try to just, like you said, let my curiosities drive me. Like, I create a YouTube channel for fun to just, like, I love film. I love creating film. Like, I want to have fun with that. I made a YouTube channel. Who cares? It's not going to break or, you know, kill me. I am having fun. Like, I want to learn more about graphic design, which is, like, why I was taking all that branding, you know, courses. Um, because that's something that, like, really speaks to me. Um, again, it gives me, like, that energy and passion for life. And so... It seems like I'm doing a lot, but it's really like I'm doing things that just give me joy. And it's like, it, it's different. I feel like when it's not just like coming from like, I need money to sustain me. And it's like, I'm actually following like what brings me joy because I feel like so many people, like they feel like they have to work jobs they don't like because they need the money. And it's like, okay, you do need to sustain yourself, but um, we should all be doing things that align with our purpose, you know, because otherwise, what's the point? 
how can people connect with you, Sahar, and like learn more about your journey and like be involved in like as you work towards building like all of these spaces for people to just exist and grow and learn? Because I think like that is so needed and you need a team. And I know there's so many people out there that will listen to this that will be like, oh my God, Sahar, like that's awesome. Like I want to be a part of that. So how can people connect with you to just like see your journey as you travel this world and you figure out your experience, but also just like to be a part of that and to just be a part of the team to make this world like the world that we know it deserves to be. Yeah, well, I love that. Um, I just love that you you like phrased it the way you did because I feel like every time people are like, what do you do and what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know how to explain it. And I, I feel like I'm definitely in a process of like finding like what is my specific niche or like what's my specific purpose you know? i feel you yeah i feel you but if people are interested in anything i talked about um they can follow me on instagrams on the grams that's sahar wanders <laughs> I, I just choked on wanders s-a-h-a-r wanders with an a-w-a-n-d-e-r-s and then um i also have a youtube channel as well if people wanted to subscribe to that so it's also sahar wanders oh i need to subscribe i need to subscribe i do that right after this but wait, I haven't posted in a while, but don't let that deter you. Please. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, all good. I'm here to support for through it all, through it all. I appreciate. I appreciate. Yeah, I think that those would be the best places, probably like Instagram. I'm, I put a 10 minute timer on all of my social media apps. So the moment I hit 10 minutes on any of them, they all shut down. But I will, I will try to answer. I've been bad at answering, but I feel like in general, just like connecting with people, like if someone's just like, hey, let's like set up a video chat or meet up, I would love to. So let, just let, it, let that be known. I feel I feel like when it comes to the gram, like I, you can't even be mad at people for not answering you. Like people are living their lives, Brett. Like if you mad over the gram, then you need to go and meditate, son. Like really and truly <laughs> go meditate. It's it's not that deep like it's so funny like even now like when i get my i see myself get mad i'm like just go meditate child it's okay it's okay you're not really mad just go meditate i love it <laughs> yeah so i think that would be it and i i don't know if this is the end of the conversation because i think that seems like an ending ending thing but i, I was just curious about um or i think some, yeah something that i'm i'm thinking about as you were talking is just like thinking about um, a lot of young people right now who are entering the workforce and who are like really overwhelmed or like don't know how best to like organize their time or manage their time and like I think we're, we all just like again another just tools we never learned in school and I feel like I'm seeing that like a lot in um, on the island and I think you and I working for like companies from other from like another country I feel like I've learned so much about what it means to like foster a healthy-ish work environment and for people to like really support you as a team so that's another thing beyond education that if people want to talk about and like just talk about like healing the the workforce and getting that minimum wage to above five dollars i would love to talk about it you need healing oh yes when i say my minimum wage is like i just a face palm emoji i just cannot you know it's just a lot of things that i'm like Let's put a pin in that on the board with all the other pins of things that should have already been solved. But here we are. (laughs) But I agree. Like, as we move into the workforce, like, I felt like it has been such an eye opening experience because you see how like old people look at work. And I'm like, I feel sorry for you. Like, I really do. 
but it's okay because I'm here to help. You know, like let's rock the boat. Like <laughs> I'm like corporate. We're here to heal. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think we'll get there. I think we are because you know, like I see it. I see it in in the tech world already. Like this push. That's why I love Microsoft so much. The culture. Is really and truly one that I think wants to create that world of empowerment for people, and it's just absolutely incredible to to see it and to know that that will influence the rest of the world. Like I'm just so pumped. I'm so pumped. I love it, and I'm I'm so excited to follow your journey, and I'm so grateful that that we got to talk as well. There's a moment where you were talking where I was like, I was having an an, an outer body experience where I was like, whoa, I'm talking to you right now i don't know you know because i feel like this is just like these conversations just made me feel like really connected to my spirit but yes i really appreciate it same here same here i swear that's why i love this that's why i love this so so much